Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Well, you're, you're the guest, like, you know, this is 
it's our house, my name's Jesse's house, so I think I can say that. So you're the guest, that's why we brought you up last, you know? <laughs> At this point, I'm going to turn it over to Mr. Paul Garcia and Anthony Hay. Uh, thank you for coming out. Awesome, thank you, man. Alright, so thank you all for coming out for the first cast episode 534. As Manu mentioned, we'll have this over on ProjectSpurs.com right after the episode. Uh, maybe later tonight or possibly tomorrow morning. Uh, so let's first begin, um, you know, just a quick discussion, guys, just about the Spurs in general. Uh, you know, let's first begin with some conflict. Let's go back to July 2018, 2 o'clock in the morning. Tom Sharani, a reporter, puts out a tweet that the Spurs and Toronto Raptors are engaged in trade discussions to move Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green to Toronto for Jakob Perl and DeMar DeRozan. Go ahead and take it away. What did you feel when that happened? You are crazy. This is right. 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 He went for the throat right away. Well, I mean, if you're a true Spurs fan, you know, you know way before that Kawhi wasn't happy. You know that, I mean, ultimately, Pop is somebody that if you perform, he doesn't care if you're hurt. But how many times has Manu been hurt in his career? How many times has Tony been hurt? How many times has Tim been hurt? And they want to play. And Pop won't let them. And now here's somebody that Pop is saying play, and he's saying don't, so you knew there was a disconnect right away. So by the time that happened, it was already like, let's move on. How are we going to? Yeah, it, it was more relief, I think, than anything else. You, everybody knew that he was leaving. It just wasn't. It wasn't right on. It felt a lot like when, uh, like, like I'm just saying, when Tim got hurt in 2000, and we were just like, okay, we're not in the playoffs this year, shut it down. Yeah. Because we're going to win four more championships after this. With him. Like, this was Kawhi's version of that, and it just didn't work out. He didn't, he didn't belong there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to, uh, so then, you know, a few months go by, training camp starts, the preseason begins, and DeJounte Murray, they're all defensive uh, point guard, basically, second team all the NBA defender gets hurt right out the gate in a, in a preseason game against Houston. What did y'all think right after that? That's fucking that, that fucking sucked. <laughs> <laughs> that, felt, that felt way worse than Kawhi getting Kawhi, traded, for yes. sure. Yeah. Yeah, because these who were all, like, for the last 18, 15 years, Tony has sort of been running the team, and it just became more and more his team as the rest of the guys got older, and then you see DeJounte show up. And he was like... He was one of the two players we had in that Golden State series when Kawhi went down, where Dejounte didn't back down. Ball, he yeah. was like, yeah, he was ready yeah. for it. But we were all excited to see what he was yeah. going to do. Now that it's his team, we watched Pop serve the team up to Tony. We were going to watch him do it with Dejounte, and then he got hurt, and it was just fucking yeah. heartbreaking. And that, that one hurt too because it looked like he was about to take the turn offensive wise. Absolutely. And that's that's really was the frustrating part about it. Like the Kawhi thing, it was you knew that relationship was over. Let's let's let this thing go. But that one, that was that that one. And that's something too where uh, you know the thing I like about the preseason games, they don't show them anymore television, so you actually have to go to the games to see them so we don't really see a lot of those games. But uh DeJounte's jumper looked really good, you know, in the preseason you see a, you see those videos on Instagram that he puts up and so it was actually there. That's the one you know the one yeah. weakness is his jumper and it's coming together and then here he goes to lose. Same thing with Tony, though. Remember when Tony first came in? Yeah. He was lacking that little tiny in-between jumper. Mm -hmm. So when he developed that, it was like... In 2007. Yeah, and DeJounte's even more dangerous because he's longer. So he'll always, kind of Rudy Gay, always be able to get his shot off mm -hmm. in that in-between level. But I think it was the point guard position that's very... I mean, Tony, it wasn't really, a, I believe, until 
the end of his, the back half of his, of his career, that he was a better point guard than he was a scoring guard. Yeah, absolutely. So I think DeJounte was progressing much faster, but that speaks again to the development system of the Spurs. Because now, even with that happening, the minute DeJounte went down, now Derek White and what he's doing at that position, you know, the, the uh, point guard by committee that they had to do when DeJounte went down, I mean, that, it's, it's beautiful to see a system that doesn't matter what happened, we can lose somebody like Kawhi and still be competitive. I mean, everybody thought once Tim was gone, that, you know, and you see every team go through that. that the Celtics that we played today had a whole season where the minute everybody left, they tanked. Lakers going through the same thing. The Spurs, we lose all our top guys year after year after year. We're still, it's about the system, man. So then the, uh, you know, so like you mentioned, Derek White, he ends up getting hurt too in the preseason for a few months, doesn't come back until about November, December, so they let Brent Forrest on the show. But, you know, now that we still, there's only 10 games left in the season, they're actually eighth place in the Western Conference. They're, they're most likely going to make the playoffs. Crazy. Uh, 42 and 31. Six on offense. You know, this is a team where early in the preseason, they got DeMar, they got Lamar, it's Rudy Gay. Everyone's talking about they play a, a prehistoric type of offense. They just shoot mid-range jumpers. They don't shoot threes. They don't shoot, take shots in the paint. However, they're the sixth-ranked offense now. Now, one thing is that their defense is kind of split. You saw like, losing Danny, losing Kawhi, a lot of those, you know, DeJounte, especially getting hurt. Um, so they're 21st on defense. So I guess, like, what have just overall your impressions of the season been? I think that pretty much it's, it's a surprise season, but not really. For Spur fans, we always have that faith and that hope that they're going to pull it off. How many seasons, even with uh, Tim and Manu, every time we got a new set of role players, they wouldn't jail until the back So I think there was always that hope that something was going to turn around. I think the tough thing was getting that mindset defense back. And I think now that these guys have gotten that mindset off. But you know, you're still primarily more this year an offensive team than a defensive. So it's still going to be tough to figure out how to keep them that competitive through the season. I was, I was a little bit disappointed this year. I mean, you have two all NBA players on your team, yeah, yeah. and you're in an eight seed, and you're like, mm, this ain't going so great. Like, DeJounte wasn't going to carry us to 12 more, 15 more wins. God, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Actually, yeah, we'll get to that a little bit. 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 I felt, and I thought we saw a more engaged pop. For the future, but I, yeah. I, I thought oh, this playing the tracks right now. Yeah, exactly. I feel like for once, there's a lot of momentum going forward versus like the hangover of we're losing Manu, we're losing Tim. I think that's kind of lingered around. I feel like with the you know the new stars that we have now, especially this year going forward, I think you see that engagement, and I feel like we're getting a lot out of pop that we haven't seen. Who's before. who's coming up? He's going to retire in 2020 after he does the Team USA. Yeah. Who is, who's this like, is it Becky? It's Becky, right? Becky, yeah. I would love to be the first franchise that hires a woman head coach. And I think she's earned it. One, she was a great player. I was a big fan of the WNBA when they first started. Being a baller, I mean, their, their percentages and their numbers, I mean, were, were and, and of course, everybody hated it because everybody was, you know, uh, so, uh, man-centric in the sports arena itself. And I think at that point, over the years, he saw people and players like Becky Hammond. And it's amazing to me that there aren't more of them, you know, in the uh, in the NBA, you know, 
to coach. So I would love to, to see Becky be the first one. So, so Shay, you're, you're, you think that you for sure you're saying? Becky, how more? Yeah, yeah, he's okay. going to stay through. It wouldn't make any sense for him to leave before the Team USA stuff. Okay. I think after that, he's fucking disappearing okay. up a mountain forever. Okay, so the Spurs have had nine new players this year that kind of put the team together and where, where they're at right now. They have Derek White, the point. You got Brent Forbes, DeMar DeRozan, Lamarcus Doddridge, Jacob Pertle off the bench. You got Patty Mills, Marco Bellinelli, uh, Rudy Gay, and Dallas Bertans. Uh, who has been one of the most impressive Spurs to you all out of those nine players? I don't know why. Okay. He's not that great. But he's tall and he's white and he has red hair. And he's like, that's an interesting guy to look at. So I'm going to vote for Davis. That's my guy. He's a pretty well too, so. Yeah, he does. He does. He does that. Uh, Jesse? But he came, up, uh, he came up with the development also. Thank you, Jeff. So uh, I remember when he came in, my brother was like, man, they got this guy. He's got Kevin Durant type of body. <laughs> <laughs> that was a quote. That's a quote. He's a lot Kevin Durant. Yes. Okay. If he figures that shot, if he figures that shot out, he'll be unstoppable like that. Yeah, you know? I don't think so. So he's a favorite of mine too. But I have to say most impressive is Derek White. Uh, he was a big scorer in the development league, but you know, that doesn't always transfer to uh, to the to, to the pro when, when you go back into the pro league. But I think mentally just stepping into that point guard position and continuing the mindset, I want to be aggressive, I want to score, and then he has a little two-man connection with almost every big guy, mm-hmm. with uh, with Pearl, with Lamarcus, with Rudy. Get you know he's got like a, with even with DeRozan, you know he he sees the whole thing. So you know even though I'm a Patty Mills uh, fan, I think that Derek Patty is my guy. Yeah, I love oh, come on. Man. He's become a leader. He has become a leader, and that's one thing that Patty has done. You know, he's maintaining his game, but more than that, he's become a vocal leader with the, with the, with Mano leaving and right. these guys leaving. The thing I like about Patty is, I mean, everybody's going to miss some shots. I've never got the feeling that Patty missed a shot because he was scared. Or nervous, like he just fucking, yeah. he just because when he ran up on Javale McGee that one yeah. every play, I was fucking ready to go. And I think like Patty right now is like the epitome of the Spurs culture, right? What it represents, you know, be selfless and then you know the better man of the team. But um, I'm about to go with on the list of people you just mentioned, Forbes too. I feel like yeah. the game where he shines, he's out. I think helping get us over, get us a couple wins. Mm-hmm. And me and him also, uh, we were celebrity judges for a dog costume contest. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we have that bond together. Hey, but you know, he's become very fearless. I, I love, I love his mid-range. Is that Curry in that game? Yes. Like, oh, okay, you're on me, I'm getting my shot. I was like, but that must be going I didn't like his choice in the game to the small dogs, but. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but still, he was fearless every time Curry was yeah. in front of him. He was like, oh, I'm getting my shot off. I'm going to go with, for, for mine, I'll, I'll go with Derek, just because Derek White, because of the fact of the defense, you know, he's, he's uh, guarded Russell Westbrook really well, you know, he, for a second half of the game, he guarded James Harden pretty well. Yes. Uh, you've seen him, you know, <laughs> 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 don't say that he's going to do a 60-point But he's, he's actually played really good defense, and I think that that's a really bright, we're going to get to that a little bit, that the offseason, uh, you know, bringing him and DeJounte. Um, on the team together. So, so one thing that uh, you guys mentioned earlier was about the All-NBA, having All-NBA players. Now, LaMarcus did make the All-Star team this year, but right now, you know, I listened to a lot of guys who have media votes uh, this year at the end of the year, and it doesn't look like he or DeRozan made them make that team. So, so here's my question, like, 
for the, let's look at the All NBA guard situation. I think Stephen Curry's a lock, James Harden's a lock, Damian Lillard's a lock. Now, do you think DeRozan should get in over any of these three players? Kyrie Irving, Russell Westbrook, or Clay Thompson? He can get it over Kyrie. 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 Kyrie's been out of yeah, he's been out of games. Yeah. yeah, we'll take so, this spot. So okay, so then maybe tomorrow has a chance at All NBA. Um, let's look at Aldridge. Uh, he's in a tough spot too because he could be a forward or a center. So the guys he has to beat out are Blake Griffin, LeBron. Carl Anthony Towns with Rudy Gobert. Do you all think he gets out? No, he can't. No. So they, they hit him on those spots. So they took all the spots. So so that's even weird that Lamarcus was the All Star, but Demarcus the All NBA. So that he, that's what that's what it looks like. Right, first. Yeah, probably. So it's just such a competitive time right now because you've got a lot of the old uh, good players are still there, and you've got all these incredible new players coming up. Isn't the voting process a different for the two, right? Yeah, the All Stars fan base. Yeah, you can't yeah. worry about like it doesn't matter if you were an All Star like that. Yeah, that's yeah, that doesn't matter. Season. You fucking get on Twitter and become All Stars. <laughs> <laughs> the All NBA is uh, yeah, and then All NBA is the players select. I believe, right? It's the media. The media? Okay. Yeah, media. It's like, so, um, okay. So, uh, we'll, that'll be something to watch here in the next few weeks as the season winds up. Um, for the playoffs approaching, uh, you know, these right now the projections say that the Spurs are going to finish 7th or 8th in the seeding. Today, if they started today, they'd kind of Nuggets around one. But, so here's the, here's my question. There's four teams that are likely to play. You've got the Nuggets, the Warriors, the Rockets, and the Blazers. Who would you prefer them to play out of those four? Anybody but the Warriors. Okay, give, so me, give me the Rockets first. Like that. Yeah. I mean, like we're not going to win the championship this year, and nobody's going to care if we beat the fucking Nuggets. Who cares? But if we beat the Rockets, if we go in there, we it's a six seven series, and we win, like we won the Texas State Championship again. You know what I'm saying? Like when we when we beat the Rockets in the playoffs a uh, year or so ago, that felt such, I was like more excited than we won the 2007 title. You know what I'm saying? It's expectations. So wait, oh, that you, there's absolutely no way they win a championship this year. Yeah. Fuck well, no. There's no chance. <laughs> I'm just saying. There's no chance. Yeah, 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 I'm, I'm right here with them. So. Oh. Um, you would, this is this is how they this is how they win the championship this year. Is, is, there are 16 teams in the playoffs, and I think like. 15 of the planes crash into each other. <laughs> and nobody dies, but they're just like stuck on a mountain for, for April and May. What happened? What happened? I had an uncle who would always say that. Did that happen? <laughs> Look, I, the way I see it, again, every team is one injury away from being that less competitive. So if the Spurs stay healthy, and again, a you're talking about some of the top dogs are going to go down in the first round. Who? Some of the top dogs. None of the top dogs. The Warriors are losing. No. Uh, you need, you need four injuries for the Warriors to be like vulnerable. <laughs> I know. I thought the, the Warriors of two or three years ago. I think you get a lot of injuries. Yes. Who? Totally. Who goes down? Seth goes down. Now we'll team changes. Durant. No, no chance. You're crazy. I, I, Kevin Durant is the second best player in the world. True. Yes. But also the most sensitive player in the world. I, I believe you give San Antonio, if they can pull off 16 games within that stretch right there, it falls squarely on the markets. Like it changes the dynamic of the whole game. And that's, that also contributed to Harden's 61. If you're asking me on the list of first people, let's go against the Nuggets. Okay. So at least we got the first round. And number two, the bar specials in San Antonio continue. All right? I hear you. <laughs> but hey, you know what I'm saying? Spurs get to the second round. 
Fiesta's fun as hell. You know, we're going to have to have more eggs around. Feed on the energy, man. Feed on the energy. Jesse, who would you prefer they play? The Nuggets, Warriors, Rockets, or Blazers, or something like that? You know, I love what Shea said, man. Pop them in the mouth right away. Knock the top dog down. But, you know, I think we match up good against the Nuggets, and they're, you know, they're considered a top-tier team, but I think we match up good against them. I don't think they're they're ready for prime time. So we can get, you know, the cakes out. I think there's still some bugs that need to be worked out, obviously. So if they can get to that point healthy, get through it. You know, we always had problems in, in, in the first round. Even in our championship years, mm-hmm. we struggled against, you know, by seven and eight seed teams. You know, that one year we got knocked out by, you know, was it Memphis? Yeah, Memphis is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but you know, still, I think that, that if we could uh, you know get our get the kinks out in the first round, build up the confidence. So I wouldn't mind seeing the Nuggets or or somebody. I think just yeah, just not the Warriors. Or I don't want to the Trailblazers either. I don't want Dame. I don't want Dame. He's already trying to shoot his shot with the Marcus. I don't want them reminding how good they are. I don't want them around each other. All right, keep Damien away from a Marcus right now. <laughs> he's point, definitely shooting his shot, point, trying to get him back up to Portland. At that point, if you get to Portland, that's when you got to start challenging the Marcus and go, come on, guy. you got to be the 40-point guy you were in Portland. Don't let them take us out in the first round. Don't let your old girlfriend take us out. So, so Sharon, a, a good point here where I'm actually very confused about the Spurs Rocket series in round one because of the fact that on paper, these look like the better team, 3-1. Um, you know, Spurs almost beat them though in most of these games. They had a, I mean, he scored 61, but they actually had a pretty different scheme for him for Harden. But the thing is, Pop is actually undefeated against Mike D'Antoni. There's like a little yeah. chess game with the players. I'm not afraid of Mike D'Antoni at all. Okay, so that's Give him every player in the NBA, <laughs> and it's him versus Pop. And I feel okay. I feel, I feel that's, that's the one interesting thing about the Spurs and Rockets do play. Um, uh, okay, so yeah, you guys basically think that there's no chance of being the Warriors. I think. The only way anyone even beats the Warriors, not just the Spurs, is that if they have that that 4 Lakers moment, where just the team chemistry kind of just uh, kind of just makes them uh, fall apart, kind of like you know we see those videos where Draymond and KD are arguing with each other. Yes. And, 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 and the Spurs just caught the day that they weren't supposed to. Exploit the cracks in the veneer, man. Look what happened the other night, dude. They looked completely out of sorts. Yeah. They look like they have won the last two championships. Yeah. That's what they look like to me. Every time they step on the court. They were like, they keep fucking winning titles. I'm terrified of them. Hey, I, was, I was there when, uh, you know, before KD was there, when the Splash Brothers had a 14-point lead in 2013, and we wound up coming back. Mono hit the game winner. Yes. In game one. Yeah, that's a long time ago. Yeah. We, gotta, we have to fucking unretire two guys. To, to <laughs> oh, okay, guys. Now let's move on to the uh, offseason. Yeah, let's, let's move on to the offseason. Approaching... Um, so the Spurs are most likely. He's actually eliminated. How much? Wow. Chase the guests. Yeah. Round of applause for eliminated cars, please. Production value. So let's talk about the offseason here. Um, you know, they're most likely going to take a very conservative approach, which is. You know, get a healthy Dejounte Murray back, get, get him uh, healthy and ready for next season. Try to re-sign Rudy Gay, and then also you know add young talent to the 18th and 29th picks that are projected to come. What, what do you think about Rudy's return? I can't believe that that's where we are now. Where you're like, I fucking hope we re-sign Rudy Gay. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's either that or you kill the whole team. Yeah. <laughs> so 
I forgot the question. As soon as, you said, as soon as I started thinking about that, I got sad. So, okay, so let's say, okay, so you got DeJounte back next year, you sign, you re, you re-sign Rudy Gay, and you get a role player, kind of like a Bellinelli type. Yeah. That's kind of what the Spurs are probably going to do. And let's say Durant leaves the Warriors, he goes to the Knicks or somewhere. Do you think the Spurs have a chance next year, though, if Durant's gone from the Warriors? To win a title? Yeah. I, I don't think we're going to win a title for a while, unless something crazy happens, unless we fucking get Zion. Like something weird would have to happen for us to, to win the title. But it would be interesting to watch a full-strength Spurs team. Yeah. I would like to see what that looks like. We're going to cause a little bit of trouble. People will people will be more afraid of us when we show up with DeJounte and be like, oh, shit, they've got like, like another all-NBA caliber player. That, that, that's interesting to think about, but I don't think there, there's a title in there anymore for us. It'll be a while. What do you guys think about that? About Rudy Gay? I think Jay knocked another part with everyone thoughts about Rudy Gay coming back and being the last hope too. But also, I feel like, uh, yeah, man, you're stuck in this like stalemate that is the Western Conference, right? And even LeBron James learned this year that it just takes a toll on you throughout the season. And I do believe the gap between your top tier teams in the West is closing, but it's still far. The Spurs. Offense doesn't show up come playoff time, and I think if you're still dependent on the markets for the next year, then I agree with Shay. It's going to be a while until you know we're hunking horns downtown again. And I just yeah, that's where I'm at with that. Jesse, I think every season is always because there was a couple of there was a couple of Spurs seasons where I didn't think we were even near close, but I was also there during the Lakers runs, um, and I think you're always just again one or two good pieces away from. But what is important to understand about the Spurs is that their system kind of overcomes all of that. So where you see teams kind of depend on the players and to tank, we're always kind of competitive. So if you're competitive in the postseason, again, yeah, four players go down and get taken out by some strange Spurs. I don't know what happened. You know, a Tanya Harding thing happens. <laughs> And, and, and you're there, man. Next thing you know, next thing you know, you're two series away. You're in the Western Conference Finals. You know, who thought that, uh, you know, I didn't think that we were going to be in that Western Conference Finals, the one that Kawhi got hurt at. I didn't even think we were going to make it into that. That game, next thing you know, there we are. Mm-hmm. The shoe had been on the other foot, and someone on their team had gotten hurt like that. Then, you know, we had won that year. So, you know, I think it always depends on what uh, Popovich and um, and Buford do, you know, um, RC do, what they come up with. We all, I'm always surprised by the guys that they bring up from uh, from the development league. I mean, they do so well there. You're talking about Brent Forbes, Derek White, mm-hmm. all those guys are from the development league. Uh, Davis, all those guys are from the development league. So... Who knows? Kawhi was ain't one year, remember? And then next year, he became Kawhi, the monster. Mm-hmm. So... I, I do want to see what it looks again, like. Again, it's a spur. Yeah, they're going to have that. Yeah. <laughs> There's a star. <laughs> I, I definitely want to see what what up? Well, you also kind of assume, though, too, that, like, Pop, oh, has to, no. Pop, has to be, Pop has to be making one more last hurrah, right? If you're saying he's going to go out 2020, then if something, you know, crazy could happen, then maybe between that time span, he gives us something else. 
Because that, what Jesse said is right. There's always faith in the Spurs system. And that's that outlast. And it was almost similar to the Patriots. Now we've got some more rings that butt down. So I, I'm faithful for that. And hopefully we'll see what happens with the next two years. Let's see if do, do you ever do you feel any sort of way about if we're going to the playoff, this year nobody expects us to win a championship. Nobody's expecting us to win a championship since we won in 14. They probably didn't even think we were going to win that one. But this is like the first time in my Spurs adulthood life that we didn't have that pressure on me. Like I was nervous every year from like fucking 2004 to 2013 when the playoffs would start because if we didn't win, I felt like a failure for some reason in my life. You know what I'm saying? But I don't feel like that now. Like we're going to lose in the first second round and I'll be like, cool, let me fucking turn on Netflix. And they should feel, and the team should feel like that. Mm -hmm. We should feel relaxed. Yeah. Nobody expected us to be here. I think that makes you a little bit like entitled and privileged. Has it ever been? Like San Antonio? It's like every 20 year old that's grown up with a 50 win season. Yeah, exactly. And you know, because you could be rooting for like the Milwaukee Bucks or something like that. And so, yeah, Man, the Bucks are very good. I would love to root for the Bucks this year. I would love to root for the Bucks. Yeah, but not a decade ago. No, no, no. Yeah, not at all. I, I, I don't have Michael Ray. No, <laughs> thanks. So, so I'm going to here on this one. Is I really do want to see Derek White and Dejounte on the backcourt, you know, guarding, you know, it's not going to be fun for, for opponent, opposing offenses when they have to, you know, those are your two guards, and I really feel like Derek actually had a chance at the All-NBA defensive team this year, had he not had all these injuries early on, because he's shown that, you know, statistically and also just by the eye test, he's playing really well, uh, but, you know, if KD does leave the Warriors, I really feel like he does want to see, so you're saying, you guys, how do you talk about that, if uh is first next year? Like, yeah, okay, who's the favorite? I should say. Man, uh, your your argument for Derek White after that sixty point nugget. That's not the best. 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 That's not the 60 points was nothing because Michael Jordan lost <laughs> every game. I remember. Let's all wait. What are you talking about? Michael Jordan was scored 62 points against the Knicks and he lost that game. That, those years that he was winning the scoring championship, he would not. I'm, I'm exaggerating. Of course. It was pretty close. He was scoring 40, 50 points a game in the years that he was winning the scoring championship. But he would, he would, he was not competitive. It wasn't until later when he had a team, then his points mattered. I think, you know, Harden scoring 61 points and we almost won the game. Again, we had five bad possessions at the end of the game mm -hmm. where we let it slip away. You know, DeRozan, two horrible turnovers at the end of the game. So you score on those possessions at the end, and next thing you know, we could have won the game. Could have, would have, should have, but still. But we did. So, so there goes he scored 61 and he won the game. You know? So it was pretty sucky. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. a bad night on Twitter for me. I'm just saying, I don't mind the players scoring 61 points as long as everyone else doesn't score. We've won those games. Before. Sure. If they, score, those if they score 61 and the Spurs yeah. still win, I'm all for it. Yeah. If they score 61 and the Spurs don't win, then you know. Yeah, exactly. Don't bring up Derek White next night. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, let's go to our, our final topic for this part. It's, uh, as you know, this Thursday, March 28th, 
uh, after the Cavs came in, the Spurs are going to be retiring on Hill his jersey. Um, so I, I didn't you know, prepare you guys to give you all this, this quick topic. Uh, just kind of, what is one of your favorite modern memories that comes to mind? I got to talk about the last first. What do you guys want to go do? First. Go first? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to go uh, game five, 2014, the dunk. Ooh, oh, it's a great one. Yeah, it's a great one. I remember seeing that when he went around the back and he gave Ray Allen like a little hump. Yeah. Before he went up with the left hand. When that dunk went, I was like, oh shit, they're winning this. Exactly, it was, it was a changing moment. And then on top of it. He was pissed from like two plays earlier. Yeah. He was upset. And that was like, you know, when you see 37 year old Monty just come up and punch on Chris Bosch, I was like, this is a wrap. That, but also in that series, you talk about crazy shit happening. One time for the AC being out. I don't know how the AC was out. Yeah, that was beautiful. I don't know if it was right. Turn it off, turn it off every game. Yeah, the whole city was like, yeah, it don't work. It's weird. It's <laughs> <laughs> weird. I don't get it. Nothing's got bad. That, but then when LeBron comes back down, hits a turnaround, and then Manu hit the step back. That's yeah. what I really love. The step back over Adonis is mm-hmm. uh, my favorite. That 2014. Oh. I thought that was just like the defining moment, and you knew when that jump went down with Bosch, they were winning. It was, yeah. it was a wrap. 37 years old, like you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, Jesse or Shay? He's had a, a few. I feel like you've got more loaded up. Uh, oh, yeah. that, and then, I mean, if we got to go just to the. Uh, I mean, the, I don't want to say it. I feel like I'm, I'm, the heart block? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I don't want to ruin it. I don't want to say it, bro. Boy, that's just the one that... No, that's, that's, a, great, that's a great one. Yeah. Yeah. How, how old are you? You're like 25, 30? 20, 20. Oh, yeah, see, all of my, my, my big mono ones are from like... Mono with hair? Yeah, yeah. Like 2006. Mono did a lot for cold juicing, cold press juicing. Like yeah. after, after the dump, that's when cold press juicing sold after his grandpa juice. I don't know. No, no idea. Nobody knows anything about cold press juices? Thank you. But say something. <laughs> you should have more energy, more fiber to put on. has had a few big moments in my life. And like, you go all the way back to, to uh, his rookie year when he won in 03. And like, it was, uh, it was during the, the Mavericks series, which was game six in Dallas. And the Spurs went on that crazy run in the, in the fourth quarter. And there's a play when you're watching it. If you have the championship DVD, they have the whole fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah, that's on them, right? That that DVD, they have the fourth quarter of every clinching game of the series: the Suns, the Mavericks, the, you know, the Lakers, and then the Nets. Um, and in that Mavericks one, they have this crazy run, and Mono actually misses a shot. Like they're they're going, he does a layup, and he misses it, and you see him very clearly. He's upset in the middle of the thing, and he just goes. That's all that he did. And I've never seen a Spurs player do that before. And I was like, that's fucking cool. He missed a shot, but like he was uh, he was about that life. I was really excited about about that one. But like just big euphoric moments. He had the one where he dumped on all the Lakers when he was young. In in Los Angeles. I was in college when when that happened. That was a big one. And then his most like the one that I have in my head is in the Phoenix series in 2005 when he drove in and he spun backwards and he went around the back and laid it up. And I was like, this guy's fucking magic right here. I, I, that was like, I fell all the way in love with Manu in, in that moment. Like, it's just a special kind of, he's gonna do a thing you've never seen before. Yeah. I got I got a chance to see him play with the Argentina team because uh, my brother had hit me that we were picking him up. I was living in LA at that time. So I got to see him play with the Argentina team, and I was like, and I told all my friends, hey, we're picking up that guy. They weren't impressed. They were like, 
you know, who is this guy? The Eurostep was relatively unknown. Oh, he's the guy who did it. Him and Dwayne Wade both went out in the same no, year. Mondo, I didn't want to look at him that one. Manu, absolutely. Don't go <laughs> Manu! Well, both of them kind of pioneered. No, Manu. That's right, hold on. But I mean, but it wasn't big in the NBA at that time, so you know. But but it wasn't in the NBA. It wasn't anywhere until we fucking did it. So and why is it a Euro step? I don't know. I never understood that. Because it was developed in the Euro League. I mean, in the Euro League, they did it. They should have renamed it the fucking South American step. <laughs> so my dream has always been because there are so many just amazing Manu plays and moments. That I wanted to put together a reel of, of all of his bizarre footwork, just direction changing that whole thing, just the rhythm of it. You remember when he got Jack when he got Shaq with it? He yes. Shaq all Shaq the way Yeah, yeah, that was beautiful. <laughs> but uh, but to tango music, I wanted to put it to Argentine tango because he is a dancer, man. Just the beauty, the rhythm, the change of pace. That's why it's called the Eurostep. I think Dwayne Wade's is more what they call uh, um, you yeah. elongate, you elongate the two steps that it takes to make a layup. Basketball players used to do it. Yeah. So you would change up the rhythm. You'd be going fast, and then you change up the rhythm. What Manu did is he actually changed directions within those two steps in an extreme way that I don't know. I can't explain it other than as a dancer, dude. Mm. Total shift of weight within those two steps that a guy needs to go up. And I mean, it's just such a weird thing. It's a tiny thing, and you, you have to have rhythm. You have to have that Latino rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> so he went in there and he put that flavor onto the Dwayne Wade step or something, because he just perfected it. But I, I would have to say that still, with all of that, the, the, the two great Manu moments were as good and prolific a scorer as he was, and the guy that you could always go to to take that last shot, mm -hmm. especially in his early years when he had the tendency sometimes to turn it over on that mm -hmm. pass, but you always wanted him to go for it anyway. That championship game when he fed Horry, when they knew he was gonna take the three and the Detroit Pistons came behind, yeah. and he whipped it without even thinking, team player, Say that's, a good that's the open man, and Horry's wide open for the game winner. That one and the block at his age yeah. to time the guy who just scored 61 points mm -hmm. on his man last year. That was so great. This old man shut him down for the game win, the series win, right? No, that was game five. Oh, that game five. Yeah, and after that, they didn't they, recover, right? No, they got blown out in yeah. Houston for game yeah. six. Which was a beautiful night. Yep. So that so at that his age to still be able to pull something like that off, you know, just was like wow. I think Manu was like it was a perfect fusion of like where you see international basketball going and like mixed with like American style ball because he had like a lot of swag Ooh, on sure, yeah. from this country. Yeah. Like a lot of just finesse and flair with his game. Yep. He was never he was never rude. He was never like you never think of him spitting on anyone or starting a fight with any of the other players. But he was competitive. He would get under people's skin, but he would never, like the minute they would start, he would be like, I got you already. That's where I beat you up, not right here. I think one of my favorite ones was, uh, it's a regular season game actually, 
February 2007, he actually scored 24 points in a row against the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, yeah. That was a crazy one. And I didn't know, you know, I wasn't following play by play at that time. You know, I was a little younger, but uh, just the fact that he just kept scoring. It wasn't just, you know, you, you see like Stephen Clay going to runs with both the three pointers. This, I mean, he was doing hand ones. He was getting mid range jumpers. Uh, you know, like you guys mentioned, Euro step, and then he did that little jab step where he can measure you, and then he shoots three on you. So that was that was all. He scored 24 points in a row, and it was only. And I would say, you know, for the research for this, I went back and looked. And he did it in about four minutes. That whole Jesus, 24 points in, in, in four minutes, and he ended up finishing with 40 that night. And then uh, one of my other ones that um, memories that, that kind of just it's really it was like you know that that glamorous, but it's just more of a quote. Uh, you know, uh, Bill Shoney's first play by play in the 07 championship when he when he took a. a a steal from Cleveland went down and dumped the ball. He said, "Monty, you do it the way you do it so well." That's like always been like one of those quotes. that's always been in my head whenever I think about Monty. Um. <laughs> 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 was that a, was that a record? Uh, I don't know if it was a record specific like for overall, but I don't know. It might have been like a Spurs record or something. We have to check. So it's definitely a Spurs record. Yeah, now, if you ever get a chance, try to listen to a, a post interview or an interview. Incredible to hear the game of Baloncesto talk about his Spanish. Is he the most beloved Spur of all time? I know he's not the best. Timmy's the best, but I feel like he is. Yeah, he's, I mean, if you just look at any, any Spurs game, usually it's always number 20 jerseys up and down the city. Just, I mean, most people have modern jerseys. And also, Italian. I've been in a few interviews with him where he's done Italian. He speaks fluently. It's just, it's just really right off the, the speaks it really well. I have a question for you three. Do you think now with the big three officially gone, does it does it impact Pop's legacy if he doesn't you know get another championship before no. he heads out? That if he was never able to do it without them? No, no. That's the point of a coach is to have the good players. Mm-hmm. If you don't have good players, you don't win the title. Yeah. When nobody's expecting them to fucking fill the house with cardboard. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think the consistency of, 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 again, the system that he developed, the developmental system, and also himself as a man. I mean, all during all this president election and everything, he was very vocal, knowing full well that his owners were supporters of Trump, and Popovich spoke his mind, but he didn't speak politics, he spoke humanity. The way he talks about his players, the way he invites them to think about the world at large in a bigger sense than the game of basketball, which for a trillion dollar industry, this man is going up against the money of the business, but so that he can stand up and be proud of who he is in his position. He knows what an influence he is. So to be able to do that consistently as a human being in this current climate, that's impressive, man. So despite you know the guys that he had, I mean, he had David Robinson, he was able to coach David Robinson, you know? So that's beautiful, but then as people move on, he's still who he is. And I think that he can walk away with his head held high knowing that his legacy lives beyond the, the greatest game. basketball coach of all time. I would say. Yeah. yeah. I, I, would just, say I think just even, the fact that, you know, those guys are gone, but he's still getting the playoffs and he's about to steer another playoff bid. Yeah, and just like you see the production from the players, you know, Derek White, and, yes. and DeJounte. Uh, you know, Thomas Burton's all these guys that we mentioned tonight. I mean, and then just Kawhi was obviously the one bad apple who didn't stick around. But, uh, you know, just the fact that, you know, he made, you know, Kawhi was, you know, he, he obviously worked himself, but he's part of the first system and that coaching under Pop really helped him progress into the players. But even in that situation, he was a class act. Mm-hmm. Out of it all, Kawhi's the one that wanted to look at it a little more negative than Pop. He could have been Pop 
instead, Pop stayed classy while he's dealing with, you know, a family uh, uh, debt, rest in peace, while he's dealing with all of this, he has to somehow or other figure this out. And he was a class act, man. He went to him, he spoke to him, who knows what they said, but I'm pretty sure it was all on the up and up. I mean, I'm not imagining the pop went over there and read in the riot act. You know, yeah, he probably said, good luck. You know, see you later. Have fun in Toronto. After school, yeah. Yeah. You know, get your snow boots on, trade in your cowboy boots. You want to go to Los Angeles? Yeah, there you go. Get your snow boots. Yeah, there's your Los Angeles. But he did it in a classy way, all the way down the line. So that's who Greg Popovich is. I would drink his wine anytime. <laughs> you know, he's got that. Uh, he's got the, the vintage, right? He's got the Popovich vintage. You got something going on more. Yeah, he's got Popovich vintage, man. So I want some of that Popovich wine. <laughs> okay, so I think now we're gonna now we finish this first cast portion of this, uh, this episode. We're gonna go to go to a Q and A. So if you have any questions, uh, just raise your hand.